talk about now, of course, is the Panthers, who, for the love of God, finally got a primetime win, played good, not great in the All Blacks with the new helmets, but they at least looked good. And that that I can give them. That, that's that's a win for me in my book. You don't have to win anymore the rest of the season. That's as long as we won in the All Blacks, I'm fine. It was it was a weird vibe. You know, I really I didn't feel high or low going coming into that game and I, the uniforms were fire like how we expected i mean it actually gives you the look of a actually, actually looking like a panther which i thought was finally dope to see and but the team came out and they that this, this is maybe the most complete performance we've seen all year where i actually thought that it wasn't just kind of fluky like how the saints game was saying the saints game kind of felt fluky this one felt like oh no you came out with a plan you executed that plan well and you were the better group for four quarters in this one. Where I, and and similar to that last previous matchup, you outplayed them. This time, you finished the job. Yeah, yeah, no questions. I think we came out and we dictated from up front. Uh, there was no barring anything. I, like I, we, Jack and I were talking a little bit earlier, and we really run one only because of the rushing attack. I think Dante Foreman showed you why we went out. Like I said, when we signed him, check the tape. I will continue to pound my chest on that one. I call that when he really has come in and been a benefit for us. Um, even with the absence of CMC, it just shows how much we've opened up that playbook, how much more he can bring to the forefront. Looking forward to seeing what else he has in the tank. I think the crazy part about it is, and I don't know if it's just been the resurgence of this offensive line getting more and more, you know, conducive with each other each and every week, but like do you look at the you know the, the 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 amount of carries for Foreman and McCaffrey when we had it just this season and it's not like he's breaking off big runs i mean 30 what, uh, no 31 41 carries however many it was the most and the most in Thursday night football in some time that record that was an arbitrary record but you know he's just it seems like he's doing more with that amount of carries than McCaffrey was doing from the get go you know it's just still I, he whether it's he can take just running into a brick wall time after time after time but you know things are opening up and that was the game where I really started to see him look like, you know, Derrick Henry-esque. He looked like a an, an apostle of Derrick Henry. That touchdown run he had where, you know, he's barreling through, not letting himself get tackled. And he had gotten met at that first line, that first level, kept powering through, driving those legs to get that touchdown. That was a very Derrick Henry-esque touchdown from him. And that's what I've been waiting for. And if you think about it, I mean, they use him exactly how you would use a Derrick Henry, especially in the scenario they're in with Malik Willis, where look, we're going to take the ball out of our quarterback's hands. We're going to hand this thing off. They're going to just have to stop it straight up. Like there's no, there's no complexity to this straight up is hand the ball off, run through their face and that's it. And they, and they were able to execute it. Well, Bradley Bozeman has been, a huge upgrade for us at center. Elfline had played well, played consistent, but Bradley Bozeman helped his offensive line take the next step that we had been begging them to take, which is be a more thorough and physical offensive line in the ground game. And they've looked night and day different since he's coming to the lineup. I think also, too, you have to you have to kind of pat PJ on the back, too. They're afraid of him getting outside, being able to make those mo- you know those mobile moves that we know he can do. Even though he doesn't have to do it, he can rely on the fact that he has a good receiving core. I would, yes, I would hang my hat on our receiving core. Um, you know, he's able to utilize them a little bit more. And Dante, of course, and then you throw in a Chuba Hubbard here and there. And I'm listen, Blackshear. Let's not let's not sleep on him. I mean, the little man came in and did work for us. You know what I mean? He looks he looks aggressive off the launch. Um, he's making progressive moves, and he definitely got us through some of those second and longs. Got us into those third and short calls. 
I was going to say that. I mean, you, you can't knock his his drive there and the the plays that he had. If we look at team stats, because, you know, Foreman, of course, we like we said, the 31 yards, that was all him. That was all that he was going to get. And, and that was going to be what he needed to do. But then you look at Blackshear. Of course, Hubbard was coming off the injury. Blackshear had six carries for 32 yards and a, and a long of 12. Like, that is not something to, you know, to shy away from, especially when he hasn't really known his position. But it seemed kind of almost like, you know, the Fozzie and, and, and Cap, you know, way we would utilize the two of them where they could be used interchangeably to just give the number one a break when needed. And I mean, you know, Chuba still got four, you know, five carries. Of course, he didn't really do much with him, but I wasn't really expecting Chuba to do that much. But we talk about people we need to apparently give their flowers to. I guess Cam Irving is the icky whisperer. I didn't know of this up until the Thursday. They started talking about it. I didn't know that that was who, of all people, he's been learning from. And I I guess that's a good thing. I'm glad he's got a mentor there. But as long as he's staying off the field and mentoring him, that's what I want to see. Look, those who can't play, they coach. You know what I'm saying? And maybe Cam Irving has seen is read the tea leaves and he's seen it earlier. Like, hey, bro, this isn't going well for me. Maybe I should make myself useful in, in another way. And for whatever it is, dog, I think it's one of those things where we he's found his role. This team, oddly enough, if they can put together a win that's outside the NFC South, I could really start to buy into what they, what they got going on. But I, it seems like everybody's bought in to their roles and bought into making this team bought in to try to make this team successful. And I mean, if Cam Irving is doing what he doing what he can with Icky, I mean, whatever he's doing, bro, it's working. I mean, the kid went from night and day, improved as a as a pass blocker and as a run blocker, we kind of knew what he was already coming out of NC State. So whatever he's done, it's it's been it's been working. But just just keep just keep it to talking. Just don't do anything more than that. And that's for, how you keep yourself well, on to the be team. quite candid. Well yeah, well yeah, but to be quite candid, I think it goes for any team, right? As as the year goes on, as you progress through the year, you become more comfortable. You can trust the guys next to you. These guys are learning McAdoo's offense, which we all know McAdoo has like 10 plays, and he runs them just like they remember the Titans, like Novocaine, baby. But other than that, you know, <laughs> outside of that outside of that perspective, I think the one thing you are seeing to your point, Shantese, and I'm, I'm, I'm all bought in as well, these guys are playing for Steve Wilkes. End of the day, you can't deny it. He's gone in that locker room. He's changed the perspective. He's changed the mantra. That keep pounding perspective is back. I mean, these guys are on the sidelines, you know, giving high fives. I mean, even Baker Mayfield. I mean, I don't know if that was the smartest move you could have done, but, you know, you're headbutting people with no helmet on. I'll let you have it, buddy. It's all a dream at that point. <laughs> I watched that. I was like, dear Lord, we broke Baker. We broke his braid. He's headbutting guys with no helmet on. And he came in. And the funniest part was the camera angle, too, was just so away from the sideline that Baker just – runs in like a narwhal and it's just head button p i'm like where did you just come from what are you doing but shantice don't you, you mentioned the nfc south stuff but don't shy away from that because the craziest that the craziest that is we have not beaten every nfc south team at least once since 2015 that was the last time we've beaten every single nfc south team at least once we've been swept by one team every single year up until that point so of course, that stat is a little bit less, you know, has a little bit less shine on it, knowing that the first one of those came while Rule was still the coach. If they had all came from Wilkes, that'd be a little bit better. But man, <laughs> and look, all I'm saying is tomorrow morning. Well, I guess whenever this drops, the Buccaneers and the Seahawks would have been play, would have played their game in Germany. The Seahawks are playing really good football right now. So if the Seahawks were if the Seahawks handle business, we're one game out of first. And I gotta say. I highly trust this group (laughs) 
to 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 ruin everything we had we had been hoping for. But I also say this: I think, however it shakes out, it's all gonna work itself out. I think no matter whether you end up with the first pick or the fifteenth pick, it's gonna work itself out. And I think for everybody, just enjoy the ride because we don't we're not in control of any of this anyway. The well, funny thing about it is, the funny thing about it is, you don't know week to week what we're gonna get. And so you saw us in the Cincinnati game. We were deflated again. It was like, okay, here we go again. We're about to take this downward slide. They come in on Thursday nights. First of all, it's a primetime game. You know how we do on primetime, especially Thursday night. They're coming in the All Blacks. You know how we perform in the All Blacks. And it looked like they came out there and they wanted to, to perform against all of the narratives that have been painted all week, that have been painted throughout the last couple of weeks, almost a month. So, you know, you got to give the hats off to the team. So it goes back to the conversation on, how Wilkes has these boys playing and how much they're believing in what it is that he's trying to portray and how he's trying to go forward. I mean, it, it, it speaks to, like you said, Wilkes, the, the, the environment that he's put here in this team, because since tenure, since Tepper has taken over in his tenure, we've had every year the game where we, we put up, we allow 50 to get put up on us. They put up a 50 burger, a 40 burger, whatever you want to say. And that we don't win for either the rest of the season or especially, you know, another few weeks until, you know, it's some, you know, some garbage time game that doesn't really matter. And the difference here was that I fully expected us to just kind of lay down after that Bengals game. I mean, that's easily what could have happened. You, you play that way against the Bengals. They put up that many points and it could have been just, you know, nothing coming out of it. And I think the one thing that I liked about this game is that we had the lead and did not give up the lead. I can't think of a game too, where we had did not give up the lead in the game. I can't think of a game where we've done that in, 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 in recent memory. And that's what is really surprising to me. But, you know, you talked about it, Shantisa and Jason, about, you know, not being able to control our destiny and not being able to do it. But if you look at Will Kunkel, what he was talking about last week, and we and he, he, he showed us this path to the playoffs we have, and we already did one of them, was beating the Falcons. Then, you know, you lose out to the Ravens, Broncos, Seahawks. If you win out the rest of that season, Steelers, Lions, Bucks, and Saints, you have a 90% chance of making the playoffs. And, right. Uh, and that's the thing, like that. When when I saw that, I'm like, "Thought this is doable, very doable." I'm like, "All right, Ravens, Broncos, Seahawks, you know, there's all those teams that, that that are better than you anyway." You may want to, if you could find a way to 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 beat maybe I would say probably the Broncos will probably be the most winnable game out of that out of that bunch. Uh, Seahawks kind of playing, they're playing much better than what I would have expected, and I don't know if you'll beat them but they they are still a team i think it could be had but the ravens you would definitely lose but Steelers, lions buck saints i have no reason to believe that we can't win all four of those games kenny pickett at quarterback for the steelers they still have yet to figure out who they are as, as a team yet the lions are just kind of just the lions like it's like so like we kind of just assume that they'll probably give us one you know what i'm saying in in, 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 in some capacity Bucks being the Bucks, I mean they're not playing good football right now. So, but it, it is Tom Brady. So maybe by that point in the season, they may have would have turned it around. And the Saints are, hey bro, it, it, I, I have so much fun watching the Saints be who they are because nothing's saving them. Like nothing, like guys, Grace can't even save them boys right now. You trade away your pick, it's gone. It doesn't matter what you do, it's over. Like, like they're gonna be in, they're they're about to be in purgatory for at least the next two to three years at the very least until they can flip that roster around. And Alvin Kamara is almost 30. So, I mean, I think I'm, I'm feeling pretty great about where the Saints are right now. So, I mean, yeah. I think we're, 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 about that too, though. The Saints, the Saints are going to be the Saints. They're underneath Dennis Allen now. So, it's not like you have Sean Payton on the other side of the sideline. Mm. Um, I would also I would also say, too, 
you know, the one thing about the NFC South, we're in a big transition mode, both with the Falcons, the Saints, and the Bucks. Mariota isn't going to be the quarterback um, next year. Um, and you think Tom Brady's coming back to the Bucks? I highly doubt it. And uh, even with us, you know, once we get a quarterback in place with a great OC, who knows what, the, what we look like as far as the sky's the limit. So I'm really excited about the time right now. As much as we're in rebuild mode, we're also in spoiler mode. Yeah, we we are, and and you talk about it. I mean, that Ravens game we know is going to be a loss. I really don't see any way that it's not. But we look at some of the Ravens games this season. Obviously, the teams that have been beating them are much better teams, but they're not ones to uh, shy away from an upset. And I and that game seems like such a trap game for for the Panthers. And honestly, I would be okay with not winning another game the rest of the season, but if we can show out for Lamar Jackson, you put out, you know, dress to impress, you put out for the guy you want. If we could impress Lamar Jackson and beat him in the process to him going, "Man, I just lost to PJ Walker and the Panthers. Maybe it's time for me to get on get up on out of here." I'm not going to be I'm not going to be mad about it. Bro, we got so we we got receivers for you. We got DJ Moore, we got Terrace Marshall for you. We got Lavisca Chenault, basically a running back, a, a, a running back a receiver hybrid. I mean, we got everything you need. I and mean, we we can we can use some tight ends. We can probably you know we can work on that. But we got contracts that are very team friendly right now. I mean, I mean, we do got to pay Brian Burns. That's all. But you know, it is what it is. You know. But I mean, other than that. Bro, we can make something happen with you. I mean, we, we can trade. We, we can trade Brian, or we can release him one. I mean, it doesn't really matter to me. We can go draft his replacement this year. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't know about that. Brian Burns to me is impressing me more and more week to week. I think. Oh, he, he is. But if I can, I if I can get Lamar out to get Lamar, yeah, we might have to have a conversation. We might have to have a conversation with Brian Burns. The one thing I did like what you just said is Chenault being compared to. A running back because he reminds me a lot of Cadero Patterson. Uh, Jack and I were talking about this. My worry on Thursday night was Patterson was going to give us the business, but we did a very good job containing him. We still gave him some big plays across the middle. Zacchaeus got us good a couple times. And of course, I mean, the man child, Kyle Pitts. I mean, my God, did you see what he looked like standing next to Dante Jackson? Um, but you know, outside of that, I think we did a very good job in containing him. Chenault to me is going to be impressive. It's going to be impressive to see how we keep that core. I was talking to a buddy of mine. We need to keep the receivers as they are. We need to keep the running backs as they are. The line is coming together. We need to build depth behind that line. Let's grab us a quarterback on the defensive side of the ball. We keep exactly who we said we were going to keep. We keep Derek Brown. We keep Brian Burns. We keep Jeremy Chin. And we keep J.C. Horn. Everybody else is expendable. Louvu, right. I do like as well. Louvu, I will keep as well. I think he'll keep, he'll keep that continuity there. Yeah, is a priority. That, yeah, outside of that, to each their own, right? And so we've got somebody at every level. We're able to make schemes off of that. We're able to go younger. If Shaq, we keep, we keep Shaq on, we need to negotiate with Shaq about what we look like going forward with his contract perspective to give up, to give us some money to be able to do some things and maneuver around, right? I mean, if you look at the game, I believe you look at the game on Thursday, you look at our rushing yards versus the Falcons. I mean, we trumped them by almost 100 yards, right? Or even more than 100 yards. If you look at us on the receiving side of the ball, they beat us on the receiving side of the ball. But that's largely because, and I hate to say it, that's largely because we don't have a quarterback that missed some really, really good reads that could have mm -hmm. gotten us some first downs. I think you and I was texting Shantese on one of those drives, and I was like, he was wide open right there. Uh, I think it was, wasn't even Tremble. It might have even been um, Shasir opening the flat, right? 
It was, oh, Sullivan. It was Sullivan in a, a skinny out route. And I don't know what it, and he threw, cause he threw it to DJ who was double covered in the exactly. end zone. And it was, exactly. and I don't Boom. know what it, I my I have to think that, it's for my sanity. I have to think that he was going for Sullivan and just completely overthrew him. But I know he just didn't even see Sullivan. That's oh, you you dead you dead right? Yeah, it was Sullivan. He missed him wide open. But I I said this before though. I said this early in the group chat at one. I can't remember which game it was. He locks in on his favorite guy. So you you can tell him and you can tell him and Terry's a build a relationship because him Terry's is gonna get fed. Even him and even him and Tommy Trouble for for what every reason have a relationship and he's going to get fed bro i i for some reason I, they have to figure out another way to get to let chanel get loose yes and let and and actually you shot instead of just these dummy rocks because a lot of his rocks are just dummy rocks where they just trying where he's just running around to clear space out for dj which is fine, but you at some point you do have to make the defense respect it. Like you can't just keep letting these routes be ran, and you're only gonna go to Terrace and DJ, which is fine. But you gotta make you gotta make them respect everybody on the field. But that's and that's like the one thing I'm looking for PJ to do is distribute. But I I don't know I what's going on with that. You you know. I got a question for you guys. We were just talking about Lamar. Here's another thing I throw out there to you. And I want to get you guys' perspective. Let's say we can't get Lamar. Let's say the Ravens come and say, you know what? We're going to back up the Brinks truck. You know who's another quarterback out there if we're just looking to come in and be a mentor for a couple of years that I wouldn't mind going to get? Derek Carr. I would take him. I would take I'm, Derek Carr in this offense. In this offense, I would take Derek Carr. You know, I've been a fan of Derek Carr for a while, and I've always said the reason why he isn't successful isn't because of Derek Carr. It's more so because that franchise is just horribly run. Exactly. And, but I I will say I'm kind of scared. I'm scared of the idea of taking another guy that oh, hasn't. That's, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think I'm just kind of off of that. Because, I, I, like, I, I, I want – I like when – Fields was struggling. I wanted. I liked the idea of trading for him. If that the Bears didn't like him, like I, I trade every. I trade everything to get Justin Fields in, yeah, he's in here, younger, Carolina. He's younger than Derek. He's Carl. young. He has, much, he has much more upside. I was just wondering because that was brought up um, with the fact of the comments that Derek Carr made this past week over the team. Um, there was conversations around he's out of the he's out of Las Vegas, but where does he fit? And I believe it was on Cowell and Cowherd. I was listening to him, and he had said something around. Derek Carr to the Panthers, what would that look like, right? And I thought about it, and I said to myself, you know what? If it is for a couple of years, I would be okay with that. But I do agree with you, Shantice. I am tired of playing the Band-Aid game. Yeah. Let's, go out and get, let's go out and get us a franchise quarterback, and let's, and let's roll with that. Yeah. I think I think if you're looking at Derek Carr specifically at that point, and I would just keep Baker. I mean, Baker has not, you know, in terms of mentality mm. and experience, he's not. But um, if we're, it depends on the role you're taking him for, not for the experience and the mindset. But if we're talking about talent and what he can do with his arm, there's that, that's that's almost a wash at this point. Right. Obviously, Derek Carr is going to have more of that mental capacity and is a lot smarter on the field and has that demeanor to be a leader and to, you know, it, it would depend upon if we were going and sticking with Matt Corral. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one and say, okay, Matt Corral's our guy. Bring Derek Carr in. That's a good segue into the system you're trying to put in. I think that that would mesh very well. I think what if we're going to – I'll mention it for just one off second and then we can move on from it. If Derek Carr is leaving the Raiders, the one place I think he should go, it's not going to be their fix, but it will help them at least to fill in for someone else. Go to Tennessee. 
I think you'll do just as good as go to Tennessee. You'll yeah. do just as good, if not better, than Tannehill will do. And Willis clearly is going to be good for them. He just needs time. He's not a starter right now, and we're seeing that in these games. But the play, the way he played against the Chiefs, should not be batted away because that was not just Derrick Henry playing that game, and it wasn't just his legs either. But so that would be my one thing with Derek Carr. My thing with PJ, and it talks about it here. I mean, and we talk about the you know the 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 difference. 31 carries and then 47 total carries for rushing as opposed to 10 receptions for that is ridiculous. And I like the record that we set, but you know, we talk about that respect. The one thing I'll say for PJ, and it was very highlighted in this game, PJ could have easily did what Mariota did that entire game, force the ball downfield, throw air interceptions, make plays when he didn't need to and look the same way. Now people are like, Oh, Mariota, he, he tries too hard. He's, he's not reliable. He's inconsistent. When up until that point, he's been playing pretty damn well. But we just, you know, he tried to force it against us to get that win in prime time. It was the first time he'd been in prime time and God knows how long. Yeah. So I'm glad PJ has stopped doing that. You know, he's been a bit better with forcing it down the field. But you're right, establishing that respect. No one is looking at us and looking at anybody outside of DJ. And we're being honest. The reason Terrace is getting those big plays is because he's not being covered in those moments. Like he's mossing a few guys and he's getting open, but it's not really that hard for him to get open when you're not a respectable number two. And he's not going to be a respectable number two, at least until next year. And LaVisca and Shy, it's nice, you know, there's novelty to it and it's nice for us, but you know, they're not, they're not, honestly, God, they're probably not starting on most NFL rosters outside of us. You know, LaVisca maybe shy, not in the slightest. He wouldn't have gotten even a chance, I don't think, outside of the, you know, the 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 relationship that, that the Panthers had established with South Carolina. But um, if we're looking at, like, I mean, the thing with it, with our quarterback situation, because I talk about Lamar, I would love Lamar. I would love that. I, I think that would be great for us. The money would be something we'd have to work out, and working on those other contracts would be something you'd have to work out. But again, we talk about it week in and week out the situations that we would be presented with and the decisions we would make would have to be dependent upon who is going to be our head coach. And I really don't want to figure out who our quarterback is going to be before we figure out who our head coach is going to be because, and I really want this to happen before the draft comes around because I, there's some guys I'm waiting on the the next year that I'll be okay with, but I, there are some guys in this draft too, that clearly, obviously, you know, we want to look at and, uh, but that means we have to have this coaching thing figured out by then. Uh, well, I mean, all right. Well, I mean, I think our minds out on the quarterbacks have kind of changed a little bit. Like I, I, I know certain guys. I think the top two guys are still the same, but that number three guy has started. Uh, you know, I guess the guy initially, which was Will Levis, has he has completely fell out of grace with everybody else. But I mean, he may turn it around, and he may it may be one of those Justin Herbert situations where maybe we're wrong, we're all wrong, we just don't see the bigger picture, and he just got he has to go to the right system. But Anthony Richardson to me has clearly elevated to that number three spot, has all of the tools. He came into the season, everybody knowing that he was a project guy, he was got he was got it needed some development. But I haven't seen a guy improve this much in season like he has. Like he started out the season rough. It was not pretty, but he's gotten better each and every week in the last seven weeks now. He's looked legitimate and so for carolina I, I would say if if you fall out of favor with getting bryce young and cj stroud who i think are clearly the number one and two prospects in this class the biggest the, the biggest swing you could take is anthony richardson and it could be the biggest hit if if it were to work out for you because he's got all the tools of a guy that, that we've seen play here prior and i think that you can't you can't miss on some of the, on some of his on some of his skill set. Like some some of the things he can do, you can't just find in any, in any in, in, uh, in any other quarterback. 
Well, one thing I'm skeptical about with Bryce Young is his body size, right? I mean, we can talk about his skill level. His body size, he's smaller than a lot of quarterbacks out there right now as far as his width and, his, to me, his girth, right? My, my fear for him is that he's going to get punished early, so he's going to make him play a different way. He won't be able to play the Alabama way. C.J. Stroud, I like him. Body type, prototypical self, but I'm not sold on him either. So for me, the quarterback situation is – kind of that open-ended conversation we should have. But I do agree about the coaching. We definitely should have our coaching in place. Uh, one of the things that I actually, I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep saying it until I'm blue in the face. I think we should do a West Charlotte connection between Steve Wilkes and Pep Hamilton. And you keep PJ as the second. You have Matt Corral as the third. You go get you a, another quarterback. That way PJ could probably start as a vet. And then if we bring those younger guys up, if they're showing more promise, you're able to transition easier. Um, and then you have hopefully a Pep Hamilton as an OC assistant coach kind of position along with the Steve Wilkes to, to still mentor that defense. I mean, that's the best scenario I see for us unless we go out, because if you look at the last 15 years of our coaches, they've all been defensive minded coaches. I mean, you can go back to Dom Capers. They've all, all been right. defensive minded coaches. Right. And so now we're talking about an offensive minded coach, that offensive minded coach to me may be at the OC assistant head coach level unless you're going to go out here and try to try your hand at a Byron Leftwich, unless you're going to try your hand at a Ken Dorsey, right? Those kind of conversations that we're all kind of skeptical about now because of what you've seen. Even Matt LaFleur right now, his glitter has now turned a little bit rusty, right? He's not looking as good as he should with Aaron Rodgers on the back half of his career and what they've done with Trey Lance. I mean, um, uh, what's my man named Jordan Love. So, yeah. you know, with those conversations still out there with that type of mindset, I would look to keep Wilkes, because we've talked about that locker room, that's very hard to do in the middle of a season with all the turbulence and the distractions that we've had. What Wilkes has been able to do with a P.J. Walker at the helm with these guys playing with conviction, really want to be on that field, are engaged on the sideline, giving high fives, smiles even, right? When's the last time you've seen that since the rule era, right? You haven't seen that ever. So if you leave him on, what can you do to benefit him? I would love to see that West Cup. Where Charlotte connection come together, make this like about a Charlotte team. Could you imagine what that would do to the city, to the organization? Oh, would that would, it, would that would do for Tepper's uh, per, the perception of Tepper right going forward? Yeah. I say if you're a businessman, if you're Tepper and you're a businessman, that is the best business decision you could possibly make. And if you are Tepper and you're sitting at this end of the year and you don't find a spot for Wilkes, whether it be head coach or coordinator then you that's the biggest mistake you have made in the yes. entire time of owning this team outside of yes. the way you handled the Rivera Cam Newton situation. That is the bit, that would be the biggest mistake. If you can't see, and if you can't see the impact that he's had both on and off the field, then you need to just step away, sell the team to somebody else and, and just, and, and do something else with your day because it's, it's a no brainer. Now you talk about the size though. I'll say with, uh, with Bryce young, I mean, yeah, six foot, a little bit on the shorter side. The the one ninety five, you know, south of two hundred, that definitely needs to be changed because if you look at guys, I mean, Hertz is only six one, but he's you know, yeah, Hertz is huge. He's like two thirty. He's like two thirty. Yeah, he's beefy. And then and, yeah. then and Fields, you know, is six three. He's about the same way. He's a he's a beefy. He's a beefy guy. It feels so, like two twenty. Like that. He just he would need to put on some weight, but I mean, there was a and and Jared Feinberg. I'm gonna shout him out. We always shout him out. He had a great four-rounder uh, mock draft that he put out and it was two at Bryce Young with Bryce Young 
off the bat great now if we fall differently i'm willing to throw anthony richardson in there and just that's interchangeable for me at this point in time but again we talk about it the anthony richardson and chantice and i were talking about it off camera you would think a very smart move to do if you're bringing in anthony richardson would be to couple him with someone that had incredibly similar success at the college level and has played that type of ball here in carolina we're not going to give up on talking to him i don't i refuse to believe he's done with the nfl you bring in anthony richardson cam come on back for a little bit and he'll come back for steve wilkes and pat hamilton i can tell you that right yes. now yes. So, but, yeah. that means you, but that means you have to get that coaching staff figured out right beforehand even ken dorsey he'd probably come back for but my issue with ken dorsey <laughs> is can he work with quarterbacks of that skill set because Allen's just on the cusp of that skill set but still relies more on his pocket passing ability you know he moves around but not you know aggressively but the only way um, you bring Ken Dorsey back like that for him to mentor a quarterback in that way is he's got to be at the coordinator level at the head coaching level he won't have the time nor the perspective to put into developing a quarterback yeah. over Anthony Richardson or Matt Corral so in that position to me you will put Wilkes at the helm and have Ken Dorsey. Again, it'd have to be an OC assist, assistant head coach position, right? That's the yeah. only way Ken Dorsey or Pep Hamilton will work, in, in my opinion. I was about to say, well, you know, neither one of those guys are, at that point are going to be in OC roles anymore. Like, the, the success Dorsey's having this year, he's going to get catapulted up the ladder to, to, to a head coaching status. And Pep, Pep make it jump around to another OC job. I don't know how people are viewing with the job he's doing in Houston right now with that group, because it's kind of hard to tell because that we know that group isn't talented. Like we know that's not a talented group he's working with. So is it, is it him or is it just the talent? Or I mean, like, you know, so I, I think he, he may have another job to take before he gets a, before he ever gets a head coaching job. Cause I don't know if his name will even be close to ringing in the head coaching ring. Honestly. I think that, I think that Wilkes needs to – I think we need to operate under the assumption that Wilkes would be taking a, a, a coordinator role with whoever he would bring in, especially if it's someone that he has had prior – especially with someone he's had prior, you know, relationships with in Pep or, or Dorsey. Like, if they're coming in, they're coming in at that co a head coach spot and bringing in their own – offense. because if either of them are coming, they're bringing their own offensive coordinator. They're wanting their own offensive coordinator to go along with the offense if mindset that they have set up. But that allows for a defensive coordinator position to be wide open. And I think Wilkes has to understand that, you know, with the lack of head coaching positions that there are right now and the wave of talent that there is to take it, I don't think he rings up outside of Carolina. I know we were so high strung about him being, you know, top three, top five, but that's for Carolina. Outside of Carolina, I don't know how much of a bell he's ringing. So I think he needs to understand, too, that, you know, if he wants to – he can get back to that point. I mean, I was a defensive coordinator position that got him to where he was in Arizona. Right. And maybe, you know, sticking around for the Panthers, leading them on a resurgence would put him back in the spotlight to be a head coach again, once again. Um, I mean, it can't be worse than Jeff Saturday and what the Colts are doing. And I told you, I told you, Jason, that there was a more shambly organization than us right now. And I'm still going to put that on Indianapolis. Um, but I think, I think Wilkes has to kind of under, understand that wherever, whoever is coming, like, there's the window we always knew was small for him at head coach. And especially if we want to bring in someone that he's had a relationship with, I think the better thing to do in that stance would be to step yeah. to the side and say, I'll be a coordinator. Cause Al Holcomb, I'm, I, I'm not set at with defensive coordinator. I'm just not seeing, you know, I'm not sure how much he's, you know, steering the ship there, but to go back to that mock draft real quick, cause it was talking about it. So it was Bryce Young at two. It was getting us the 33rd pick. 
for Jameer Gibbs and Gibbs and Foreman together is just that's 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 ungodly. That's that's a perfect segue, that, perfect smash and dash like that. You, you that's Jonathan Stewart, D'Angelo Williams type beat right there. If you get that, that's its ceiling. Of course, it's not what it's expected, but that's its ceiling right there. Then Shaheen Bell as well, which we're I'm gonna love a local South Carolina pick, and you know having a tight end that kind of guy, that wide receiver tight end hybrid that we've seen is definitely something that I would want. And then there's, you know, Cedric Tillman, Tennessee, Servakia Dennis from Pittsburgh, a linebacker. I'll take it just for the name. And then uh, we need a kicker. got to throw a kicker in there. We need a kicker. Look at, I mean, we need a we kicker. Gotta remember, Panero, remember, we got to remember Panero is not our guy. Gonzalez is not healthy right now. We keep, we're so quick to forget that Gonzalez is still on this team. Yeah. And, I, and I, I, consistently. I'll wait on Zane. I, yeah. I, can, I, can, I can just wait on Zane. Like he, I, 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 honestly, I, I, I don't know if I want to. I mean, we dressed. We, we already wasted draft capital on a, on a long snapper that one time. So I don't know if I want to just, just and, keep. You know. And we don't honestly deserve to draft a good kicker because we have consistently given up Harrison Butker, Cairo Santos. We gave right, up Graham right. Gano after you know thinking he was down. If you pass up on Santos and Harrison Butker, that each had Butker's still going strong. He's kicking with a torn ACL. Whatever right. the heck is wrong with him. And then Santos had a good. He's been in, he was injured for like two games before he went out for like three weeks, and then he came Jeez back and he's still Christ. injured, but he's kicking. And then Santos, we draft or we I think we signed him a UDFA. And he had a good five years there of pretty good, pretty consistent kicking ability for the Chiefs, both of them for the Chiefs. So we don't right. we don't deserve to draft another kicker. Let's just stick with Zane. We forget he's on the team and and give Hecker his money because Hecker did a lot that Thursday night game to flip the field. And God bless you, Sam. Yeah, Brown. we can talk about the special teams. We can talk about the special teams on Thursday. I think they did a phenomenal job in giving us key uh, field positioning on the defensive side of the ball when we could pin them back below the 10 and have them work their way out again we get, we got some faulty calls i think jack we talked to, we talked about it you know we think the referees were a little bit flag happy but at the same time you know as a defense we've got to be able to stop those third and longs and stop giving up those big plays um you know a couple of those those roughing the passers and 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 and, and i mean not roughing the passers but those pass interference calls and some of those holding calls were kind of fugazi um, but end of the day, I think overall, though, I was very happy with the way the defense, you know, hung in there throughout the throughout the entire time. You know, since we're talking about defense, uh, you know, I, we haven't brought up that you know Dante Jackson towards Achilles, yeah. so he's out for the rest of the year. So we'll see a lot more Keith Taylor. Um, first of all, you know, prayers up for Dante. Hope he has a speedy recovery. I, I mean, I, I you know, I, I hope for the best. And you hope you, you never want to see injury on any guy, especially for a guy that's played with us for you know for this amount of years and 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 been with the team this long. But I guess the next the next question has to be: Do we feel like Keith Taylor on the outside is a good enough you know a good enough replacement for us to move forward with at least for you know for for the remainder of the, of the season and should we be looking at another cornerback i mean i, I would have to imagine we'd be, we'd be looking for another cornerback come draft season oh, sure. you know coming up in a few months i think jack go ahead and tell him our our, our kind of conversation we had earlier well, so first off, I mean, I know he's been running primarily in the slot, and for some reason, PFF has said he's had the best season so far. I don't know where they were watching. You know, Pro Football Focus was like, he's like one of the top ten cornerbacks right now in the slot. I'm like, what are you, what are you watching right now? I think that right. I think I mean I think that if you have him, I mean, he was playing it with AJ Boye, and he was playing it. You know, when he was picked up, you have to still at least consider putting CJ out there. 
I think I think you do. I, you can't for the for the the pick in which he was put at where we were, what we got for him, what we essentially traded for him. It's time to put up or shut up for CJ, and it's going to be rough for him. And this is the roughest thing for Dante too, because you know this is the last thing he needed, and it's going to be his mental health. I cannot imagine is going to be good after all the trash that has been talked about him, especially since he signed the contract. This is just the last thing he needed. And props to him honestly for playing as long as he did with this injury, because this was not a just day a day thing that happened this was a long-standing thing and that might be you know back on our health staff which we have our qualms with for allowing him to still go in and of course it's hard to tell a grown man not to go on the field but anywho we've talked about the rotation you know Hartfield has played his part as he's played in the he's played in the nickel he's played in the slot sometimes I just I shudder with putting Keith Taylor out there on an island by himself you know, when especially with some of these things that you're, I mean, luckily the receiving core of the teams we're going to be facing going forward is not, you know, the not scariest. Great. I mean, the scariest one I would say is probably Denver just off of pure talent, and that's with Russell uh, Wilson uh, at the no, house. I'm tripping. The Ravens don't sleep. Ravens, yeah, yeah. Duvernay, and, and, Duvernay and likely, and, 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 and depending on how Bateman's doing. I well, mean, no, ba- well, Bateman's done for the year, so oh, we're not seeing him anymore. Yeah, I forgot. Um, I, I guess we get, we are kind of forgetting DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, but like we, I, I'm not forgetting him, but it's and it's going to do numbers against us. I mean, that's going to be a that's going to be a Seahawks game that we're not going to do well with. We know that. You know, I was thinking though, like I was like I was saying to Jack, you know, if Jeremy Chin is back full full throttle, then you're able to rotate people in and out of that corner slot where Dante would be. So you got yeah. Hartfield, you got Taylor, you got um. What's the uh, CJ, right? So you can do like a com- a committee, right there if you had to. I wouldn't be just sold on having a, a pure starter there because nobody's going to replace Dante. I know I give Dante a lot of flack, and yeah, you're right. Hat talk to him, prayers up to him. I never wanted to see that happen to him. Um, but at the end of the day, I think we got enough players in place that can hold us out to the draft. I wouldn't be so hell bent on going out right now trying to you know figure out a way to make a splash. The main concern I have, though, is with Chen being injured the last couple of seasons. I want him to get healthy. I don't want us to rush him back. So if that means him not coming back right now, sit him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want – we need him for the long haul. Um, and, again, too, yeah, we're not even going to talk about our medical staff because that's going to be something I hope our new head coach and our new and our GM really sit down and look at that and say, what are we doing and who do we need to bring in? Um. And it's so sad, especially when you have Novant and CMC, which are two of the biggest like hospital chains in the area. And and this is what you can get to come down to. But regardless, I think the issue, the thing that's going to be interesting with Jeremy Chin is, you know, we talked about that thread of, you know, uh, of leaks kind of conversation that came out a while back. And one of the things from that was the biggest takeaway was the issue between Phil Snow and Steve Wilkes over the usage of Jeremy Chin and how we used him either in eight different positions or using him as a true safety and so I think it'll be interesting to see in what role we use Chin, whether we need to use it to facilitate. Obviously, I feel a lot better about linebacker with Luvu coming back. He went right into it, and he didn't miss a beat. He was all over the field, flying to the ball. I think that Yatur needs to just not be – and he, he, you're not an athlete, and you need to stop because I, 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 I can't I can't do it anymore. I mean, and Marquise Haynes is playing like he wants to get paid because he had a great night. And, I mean, of course, it's the Falcons, so take that with what you will. But then, of course, if you look at the safety two, Burris with a concussion, you don't have that to hold you on anymore. You cannot rely on Sean Chandler and Sam Franklin. Woods needs to learn how to catch an interception. It's not hurt us to a point where I'm actually upset about it, but, like – It would be nice. If you drop, like, five, 
in the last like month. Yeah, it would be nice if he could grab one of those. I I mean, bro, he he would be leading the. What'd you say? He needs to go to the jokes machine. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, he needs. I need to get him some sticky fingers. Buy him some new gloves. Something. I just I don't understand what it is because. Like yeah, I, I knew it was raining, and I knew the minute that one hit his hands, he was gonna drop that. I knew, I knew it. Fam, he, it was, bro. He didn't even have to jump. No. Yeah. Like, it, was, it was a punt. Like you, he, he, bro, man, man could have just sat there and just let it drop into the basket. But, but, but he high pointed it too. That's the thing that pisses me off. He high pointed. Yeah, nah, yeah, nah, doing everything you're supposed to do from a technical perspective and still dropping that, bro. I can't, I can't, I can't support that. He's I mean, been playing like great, Shaq, though. Like Shaq in the third quarter. That one that Shaq had. That I mean, that was a full open green field, bro. That whole that that I was looking at that whole side of the field. And I was like, he had nothing between him and the end zone. Nothing. But that's but that's where I'm concerned a little bit about the usage of chin. Do we use? I mean, like, because that's a problem we presented ourselves with is that both the linebacking core and the defensive back core are now depleted again. And it's funny how that works when again you don't give the money to the people that were keeping that place running smoothly and you don't give the money to the cornerbacks and the defensive ends that were helping that thing run smoothly, or you don't put any money to potential linebackers that could come in and make that. All right. And then I'm, also- I'm looking forward to though. We may get with Steve Wilkes back to your coaching thing. We may get Luke Keekley back in the building as a, as a coach. And what, what would that look like from a, from a, from a perspective of attracting young talent to come and play in the Carolinas to help us in that linebacking court? Yeah. I gotta I, I, I'd be a fan, of course. I mean, I'd be a fan, but as a player, I would, I would both want and not want Luke Kuechly as my coach because you're not leaving the film room. You're staying in there 13 hours a day. You're not leaving until he leaves, and he's gonna look at you and be like, "You're really gonna leave before I do?" Like, and he's not the he'll be the soft, quiet guy too. That's even scarier to deal with as a coach. Yeah, Luke was gonna be Luke was one of those coaches where it's like it's not mandatory, but it's mandatory. Like you, like, like you ain't gotta be here, but you should probably bring your ass in here. <laughs> your, your phone will be in the bucket the minute you get in the film room. Like you. Ain't oh, absolutely. Be- like, and like, there's no. I mean, like, could you leave? You could, but I wouldn't suggest it. <laughs> That's the whole point. Talking about Al Hokum, right? So if you got Al Hokum conceivably still in the building, I think Luke Kuechly would do worlds, worlds of greatness being in that position at the linebacker core. And then maybe have Al Holcomb oversee maybe some other piece. I'm 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 just excited about the potential of reframing the whole coaching staff and reframing the rest of the rest of our the rest of our defense. Because to your point, Jack, like you said, we are depleted very much so as far as depth in all areas. If you look at our defense, we got some young studs, but outside of the young studs, what do you have, right? And so that's a that's something we really have to figure out a way to attract more in that area. And, you know, this Jeff Saturday thing has got me itching now. I'm, like, thinking, like, because you mentioned it. Uh, imagine a defensive coordinator, a coaching staff with Wilkes. You got Keekley doing your linebackers. You got you got Holcomb can do defensive backs. I'll take that. Then put, like, let's just flirt and bring Julius Peppers in for the front for the front four for your, def- for your li- defensive line. And then just flip it around. Even give Khalil or Gross, you know. Co- imagine, like, Khalil is a head coach. Like, think about that. I, I could see him being a head coach. If Jeff, if Jeff Saturday could be a head coach, I'll give Khalil a head coaching gig. Man, Ryan Khalil, I, man, Khalil, I trying to take our shine, man. He already starting a podcast and everything, bro. Like it's, it's crazy, man. That's... I know this. Pl- I got a problem with this player podcast pipeline. I don't need the Kelsey brothers. I don't need them having such a popular podcast, bro. Right? Hey. with the boys was already big enough. Like the issue I have is that 
we want interviews. And that's the, that's the big, that's like my only gripe. Like, if you can do the podcast, if you still give us an in interview. Season, that, and you're in in season two. That's a hassle. Honestly, God, bro, after the Draymond Green thing, we probably should start banning all player podcasts for real. Eli Manning, Eli Manning and Peyton Manning messed it all up for everybody. Their podcast was only on the air for like a month, and now they got their own TV network. But, you know. You know, and, then, and then the Von Miller thing out of nowhere, he just goes to the Bills and like, all right, let's get you a whole podcast where you're interviewing everyone like and their grandmother like out of nowhere. I'm like, what? Come on now. I mean, it's cool. It is. It's, it's a cool thing, but I I prefer my players not to talk too much. But Von Miller's at that point. Von Miller's at that point. He's like he's like a LeBron esque, right? What is he like? Yeah, playing in this position. He's got he's got a couple of rings. He's he's a oh he's got. Yeah, he's got he's got cachet, and whatever building he walks into now, he exactly. he runs the show. So exactly, exactly. But getting back, but getting back to it, looking at now, I think we've covered all the points we wanted to hit. But looking, of course, now at this Ravens game, what are our realistic expectations for what we're seeing here? I think you know, running defense, we talked about it, and we can't not talk about it enough. I mean, it was better than the first time we saw Alja here, you know, and maybe that's because Patterson was in, and I think you know Patterson that was not true Cordell Patterson. I think the injury was still lingering with him, but we still kept him contained. There's not a whole lot of running backs on the Ravens that really scare me. And, uh, you know, Duvernay likely and, uh, and, and the guys they got there at Mark Andrews is what's really going to, is what really is going to be the, the issue. I think there, what are our realistic expectations for this Ravens game? I feel like it might be another blowout. Uh, I, I'm feeling the same. I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking about 35, 13, somewhere, somewhere within that range. Uh, Gus Edwards, don't, don't sleep on, don't sleep on Gus Edwards. Don't sleep on Kenyon. Don't sleep Kenyon on Kenyon Drake. Drake. Uh, Kenyon Drake's going to yeah. have a hundred yards and three touchdowns. And yeah, unless that, unless that linebacking core suddenly turns into like, you know, Brian Earl, or Lance Briggs or something overnight. Ain't much going to really change. I, I I expect a similar performance to the Bengals. Well, maybe not as bad as far as like how quick it gets ugly, but like I don't know if we're in that game at any point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, here's, the, here's the bigger outlier is that we're playing in Baltimore, so it's always hard for us to play in Baltimore. But yeah. I think with, again, us playing for Wilkes, we're going to be a lot more competitive. So I'm going to give us – a closer game. It's going to be much more dominant from a Ravens perspective, but if we hang in there through like the third quarter, don't be surprised if PJ shows up and does some miraculous PJ Walker-ish to get us through <laughs> the Dante run in the rock, right? And maybe make it competitive. So I'm going to say we're going to be 28-18, late fourth quarter push, see what happens. That's my wish. Otherwise, it's a blowout. Lamar goes for 200 your boy Kenyon Drake gets another buck fifty, and then we're gonna throw Deshaun Jackson in there with a couple of tutties just, just for joining the Ravens in the last month. Yeah, I think I think you already put yourself at a disadvantage, being the fact that it's an away game. I think they are not gonna get our first away game under Wilkes tenure um, against the Ra- actually our first away game win at all. We're not gonna get that this season under uh, against the Ravens. I think honestly, the rest of the season we might just do a whole win at home, lose on the road kind of deal. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, I, I could see it either way. I, I give it to you where I, the things I would like to see, like I said, getting that first one on the road would be cool. And then getting a win where we give up more than 17 points, but still win the game would be cool. Uh, I don't think either of those things are going to happen. I would say, yeah, you're probably hitting it at 28, 28 or 35 to like 14. I'd say either way, I think we'll still be good for a early touchdown. I think we'll be good for like an early touchdown and then a late touchdown too. You know, that's what I'm feeling. 
is what I'm thinking here. It's just that I don't – it just depends. You know, going into these games, I'm always like, all right, someone's going to go off, and, like, we don't need to be – we're not going to be, like, super one-dimensional if we're winning these games. And we have been super dimension, one-dimensional winning these games as of late, you know, outside of the Falcons game. The Falcons game was the most even we'd played all season long. Every other game, we really were just kind of one-dimensional. And I don't see, again, DJ breaking out this game. I still don't really know what – if it's just a – everyone knows that he's the only guy they're going to throw to. So cover him and that gets everyone else open or if still McAdoo's offense is just not going to facilitate him to, to put up a bunch of yards or a bunch of targets. But I just think we're going to be too much. Ones- you know, DJ looked a little hurt to me on Thursday night. Like something he was did. there with him. on he, Thursday night. He was banged up. I don't know what he, he had to leave out the game. He left out the game for a few plays. Actually. I, I, I remember he that. Did. Yeah, he did. That's right. Yeah. Did you, so, see, him? Did you see him when he came, when he was walking back to the huddle, he had his hands on his hips. He was yep. breathing real hard. So I, mm-hmm. I, I think Thursday night was also he wasn't a hundred percent and going to Baltimore not being a hundred percent. Yeah, as a, and, as a physical group back home to play a little bit, but it's it's not a good look. Think about the corners you're gonna see. You're gonna see Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, and and yep. other guys in that back end. Kyle Hamilton, um, Marcus Williams. Now I will no sorry. Well, Marcus Williams. All right, just a quick update. Mark Andrews and Gus Edwards aren't playing this week. They're both out. Okay. Marcus Williams is on injured is on injured reserve. Deshaun Jackson is questionable. Deshaun Jackson will, will will be playing. Questionable means questionable up until it's time to uh, up until it's time for kickoff. So, mm-hmm. so the, so with those two guys, I I will say things do change. They don't really have uh, again. Djack is the guy I I know. Like you said earlier, Jack, I know for a fact we're gonna let this man have a vintage Deshaun Jackson game. Full Philly, you know what I'm saying? Cross the field, some Mike Vick stuff. You know what I'm saying? Seventy yard bomb, and he just ran. You know, I I, I know gonna, it's coming. He's gonna return a punt and score a touchdown in the most ridiculous way possible. Awesome, on some miracle in the middle land type stuff. Yeah, like yeah. it's gonna be something crazy. It's gonna be something real nasty that's gonna happen. And I'm not I honestly when I watch this game, I'm just not gonna. I'm just I'm just gonna come in with zero expectations. Yeah, that's how it's I did what? Thursday night because of prime time. My prime time record. And without having those expectations, we lived up to all of them because I was kind of excited after after halftime for a little bit. So, yeah, the Ravens game is the same. I'm going in there knowing we're going to probably take an L. I just want us to be competitive. But if we hang around in that third, like I said, that late third quarter, early fourth quarter, we're only down by seven. P.J. may do P.J.-ish. You know what I mean? Sam. And I'll take it. And I'll take that. But, of course, until then, we're going to have to keep waiting and keep pounding.